a missional church that's not just local, but is global. And uh, being part of the Church of the Nazarene is something that, that we can have something in common with, with those around the world. And it's such an incredible privilege and blessing to be a part of a global church. And so we're thankful for that. Thank you, Anel, for your update and your mission moment. Please be praying for our missionaries. Uh, and those water wells re always remind me of Jonathan and Brittany Cruzy as they are still over in Africa drilling as well. And so we just uh, lift them up in our prayers as well. We want to continue our series this morning. But before we do that, let me just invite you to come, uh, as Michelle has alluded to and Janine uh, camp this week was was awesome. Uh, our kids are great. Uh, we have uh, we have the best group. Uh, I am biased, I know, but uh, it is evident. And so, if you want to hear about camp, come this Wednesday night at what time? You guys are awesome. Six thirty Wednesday night, right here, and we're going to have our youth leading us in worship, and then we're going to have some camp uh, interaction as well, and some updates. And so, we're looking forward to that. So. Uh, be praying for our young people. Be praying for Pastor Greg and Janine as they lead our youth. And uh, what an incredible uh, opportunity we have. We're, we're looking forward to bringing back what we gained at camp uh, to our local church and living it out. And so, uh, as Janine mentioned, ask a teenager what they learned and be prepared uh, for them to kind of push back on you a little bit as well. So we're excited for that. Brain boggle. How many of you have ever played this game? How many of you went and played this game this week because of what we're talking about? Anybody? Nobody. Next week, I might have to get a few games and give them out so you guys will play and understand what this is. Sometimes our brain is all messed up. It's all boggled up. And so we're having this, we're talking about this series, Brain Boggle. I'm going to run into this. I'm going to move this. Um, and last week, we talked about winning the game in our mind. And we talked about two very important things last week that we must do to win the game in our mind. And that was we need to identify the stronghold that limits us. And we need to identify the truth from God's word that demolishes that stronghold. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning. But today, our word today is training. And so you'll see that come up in our boggle uh, tiles here in just a minute. Training is our word today, and we're going to talk about one aspect of training our mind. And before we get into that, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever wondered why we make some irrational decisions that make no sense sometimes? Every, every day. <laughs> Let me give you a couple examples. Have you ever tried to, to go on a diet and lose weight, and you're doing so good, and you've You've, you've eaten right for two days straight, and you've exercised for two days straight, and then you go into the office and somebody's brought donuts, and you end up eating six and washing it down with a cinnamon roll. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. Um, or, or, you know, maybe, maybe you're doing your best to, to kind of change your financial future, and you're, you're wanting to get out of debt and, and have some financial freedom in your life, and then all of a sudden something breaks down and you get discouraged. So you get online and you start shopping for those shoes that just look really cool, but they don't match anything in your wardrobe, but you just have to have them. You know what I'm talking about? Just irrational, crazy decisions that we make sometimes when, when really we probably shouldn't be making those decisions. Why do we behave and make decisions irrationally? Why do we behave and make decisions irrationally. You know, I was in high school once and I was a, 
once. That was all it took was one time. But uh, um, while I was in high school, one of those things that, that normal high school boys like to do is they like to impress the ladies. And I was no exception to that. I, I wanted to impress the ladies. Is it, is it mine? It is mine? I don't know what's going on. I apologize. Um, so one of the ways that we try to do that when we're 16, we, we like to drive cool cars, right? And we think that if we drive the coolest car or truck, in the case of coal, uh, it's, it's going to attract the ladies. Well, here's the car that I drove in high school. Yeah, buddy. 1988 Honda Civic. Whew. That was, the, that was the stuff right there, right? You can just see me driving that, right? Yeah. Um, it was wonderful. It was a great little car. But one of the things, because I had this car, that I needed to maybe make things a little bit better is, you know what, at that time, you want to put the nicest stereo system in it, you know. If the car's going to look like that, maybe it needs to sound a little bit better. So I, I saved up my money. I was working a job, and I saved up my money to buy this new stereo for my car. But here's the problem. I spent all the money on the stereo system. And I didn't save enough money to have it installed. So I had to install the stereo system. And you guys know how handy I am, some of you, and so that, that doesn't go well. Well, well here's the thing. Um, let me... All right, let's try this. So I was installing this stereo system one night, and I get the old one out. I put the new one in. I think I got everything lined up. I, I turned the power on, and it worked. Can you believe it? It worked. And I was so excited, I couldn't wait for the next day, but it took all night for me to install this thing. And so I had no time to go driving around and really show it off. So I had to turn the car off, and I went to bed. And so the next morning, I was so excited to be able to go and show off my stereo system. And I go into the car, and I get ready to turn on the stereo, and nothing. There was no sound. There was no power to it. There was absolutely nothing. So then I thought, okay, what did I do wrong? So I go back in, and I start to try to figure out where things are, where things are at and how I put things back. And then I realized that I had the wires crossed. I had the wires crossed. And it made me think about this, this message. Why do we make irrational decisions in our life? And I believe, like we talked about last week, it's because sometimes in our lives we get our wires crossed. Where we think certain things in our life, we think certain things in our mind, and because they become a pathway that we create, we get them sideways and our wires are crossed. Others, other examples of getting our wires crossed. How many parents do we have in, in, in the crowd today? Anybody a parent? Okay, a few of you. This is the same reason why when, when the baby begins to, to cry and, and fuss a little bit and we start talking to that baby and we start giving the, the goo-goos and the gagas and we start talking baby talk to the babies. And yes, I even did this as I got home this week to our little, our little guy. And all of a sudden, their little fuss turns into a smile. And that baby starts to think when, when mom or dad says, goo goo gaga, makes them me happy and I smile. And then the, the child grows up a little bit more. 
and they become a toddler and you're cooking on the stove and they come up and they touch the hot stove and they get burned and they realize I can't touch the hot stove because it's hot and it hurts. But then they even grow up even more and they go to the store and, and, and they want a sucker, but mommy doesn't want to give them a sucker. Daddy doesn't want to give them a sucker. And so they start to cry and the goo-goo and the gaga doesn't work anymore. And they start to scream and they start to throw a tantrum in public and you just can't take it anymore. So what do we do? We give them a sucker. And so that wire gets crossed and they think, all I got to do is throw a fit and I'm going to get what I want. And that irrational behavior begins, and that's why, none of them here, but that's why we have in this world some spoiled, rotten teenagers. Amen? None of ours. None of ours. You guys are great parents. But those wires get crossed, and we make irrational decisions. Why? Because our mind creates a pathway that says, if I can get this by doing that, I'm going to repeat that method. Our minds become like an evolving computer. And the more we think something is true or right, the easier it is to repeat that process. Joyce Meyer said this, most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. Last week we talked about Paul's letter of God's truth to us, that the weapons we use are not the weapons of this world, but our weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. Paul is chained in prison in our text this morning that we're going to talk about. He's, he's in prison. He's in captivity for his faith, but he's still writing to the churches. He's still writing to those of us because he knows that's his mission. And he's in prison facing possible execution, yet he gives us more hope and more truth with his final word in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul is sitting in chains, and this is what he writes. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, one final thing that he wants to give us. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, on what is right and pure and lovely and admirable, Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Wow. Paul, who could have been thinking all sorts of things as he's chained in prison, yet he encourages us with one final thing. One translation says one final word. Fix your thoughts. Your thoughts matter. Why is this so important? It's so important because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. And what comes into your mind will come out and flow out into your life. You can't have a positive life if you have negative thoughts. So today we're going we're gonna to go over one of these disciplines that can help us to take captive every thought and make it obedient, to create a new pathway in our mind. We're going to train our minds with this one discipline today. We're going to talk about the second discipline next week. But one discipline is where we're going to focus today, on training your mind. Training our minds on this one discipline today. That discipline is the discipline of meditation and declaration. 
Now, some of you just had a negative thought right there. I could, I could sense it. Why is our pastor talking about meditation? Meditation is this new age, empty your mind, new, new confangled stuff. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Follow me, okay? God's word talks about this. We're, we're putting truth into our mind because what needs to come out of our life is God's truth. Amen? Instead of our opinions or our negative thoughts, we need to meditate and declare things. We need to train our mind. Here's, here's a little bit of free advice for you today, though. The word training is very important in this because you're going to walk out of here today and you're going to have, have worshiped and you're going to hear this message and you're going to have it on the front of your brain. I need to train my mind. The, I'm only going in the direction of my strongest thought. And if my strongest thought is negative, I can't have a positive life. And all of that's true. But training takes time. Training takes time. And in other words, you can't walk out of here and you, you can't have this whole thing figured out. It just doesn't work that way. And so each and every day, we've got to repeat this. We've got to train our minds for that new pathway. When that stronghold is tempting us to go down that beaten pathway in our mind that we're so used to, that's so easy, we've got to stop that. We've got to take it captive, and we've got to retrain our minds. And we're going to do that today through the discipline of meditation and declaration. Here's the definition of meditation. This is why it's not some new age, newfangled thing. This is what it is. Meditation means this. To engage in mental exercise. To focus one's thoughts. That's pretty good. To engage in mental exercise. Now, some of us, we don't like exercise. So we've probably turned off this message right now. But it's mental exercise to focus our thoughts. God's word is true. And here are some truthful texts that we need to apply in our discipline efforts. Psalm 119 verses 15 and 16 say, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And then we jump over into Psalm 143 verse 5 and it says again, I meditate on all your works, and I consider what your hands have done. So many of you, when you heard the word meditation, you went and you thought of what the Eastern world meditation is. is if I empty my mind, I can empty myself of all the stuff that's going in. I can just become one with whatever is around me. And that's not at all what the Bible is saying, what Paul's saying here. Meditation is that exercise of our mind so that if we're emptying our mind, we can fill it with God's truth. Amen? When I focus my efforts and my thoughts on God's word, on his truth, and, and not on my opinion or my negativity, but I meditate on his word, on his works, it changes the way my mind is working. I'm not emptying my mind so that I can be one with myself. I'm emptying my mind. I'm meditating on God's word so that I can be filled with more of God. That's good news this morning. We need to be filled with God's truth. You know, so many times when we think about exercise, we think about the physical limitations that we have. And it's, to me, it's the same thing in our in our mental exercises too. There's things that in our life that we try to do that, that we give up on probably too easily. Okay, let me give you an example of, of our mental power in this. Uh, Lydia, you're in here. I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Lydia, 
Lydia is a, an incredible athlete, okay? She goes and works out at CrossFit. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to ask her to demonstrate this. I'm going to demonstrate it for us. But Lydia can do burpees and planks and run like I've never seen Lydia do before until I started working out with her occasionally. And that's crazy. But how many of you have ever done a plank? You know what a plank is, right? I'm going to demonstrate for you in just a minute. But there's times when I first started working out, there was times when, when I would do a plank. I'm going to set this down. And I could do a plank for, you know, 30, 45 seconds, right? When I first started. I thought that was pretty good. But the more I trained and the more I worked my body, I would get to about 90 seconds in in a plank. And my kids started to compete with me to see if they could go longer. And I'd get to that point where I was ready to give in. I, my core would start shaking. My arms would start shaking. And, and I'd start to lose it. And I realized something very important. It wasn't my body that was getting weak. It was my brain. And my mind was saying, you know what? You can just give up now. You've done it for 90 seconds, minute, minute and a half, whatever, two minutes. It's fine. You can just give up. That's good enough. But when I began to focus my thoughts, when I began to meditate on the truth of God's word, who says that I'm more than a conqueror, did you know that can apply to your physical life as well? And we begin to meditate on the truth of God's word where God says, you are good enough. You can do this. I can help you. Greater is me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not about my physical limitations or my, my mental. It's about our mental limitation. And if we, if we begin to train our mind to, to focus on our thoughts, to empty it of our negativity and to fill it with the truth of God's word, all of a sudden, our physical bodies can do so much more. And I'm able to do a plank where my kids are dropping and they're saying, Dad, why are you still going? Because I can. And so can you. We can meditate on the things of God. It gives us so much more. You see, sometimes this applies to us spiritually as well. How many of you have ever prayed? You don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to embarrass anybody. How many of you ever prayed for a stronger prayer life? And it's the same thing like a plank. We can have a strong prayer life for the first five, six seconds of our prayer. And some of us, like myself, are ADD prayers, ADHD prayers. And I can have 32 seconds of a deep, passionate prayer life. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about everything else. It's the same thing. And so one of the techniques that I've started to use in my prayer life is because if I don't have my to-do list right next to me when I start praying, I get sidetracked and I start to move to that, that to-do list. But one of the things God has helped me to do is as I begin to pray and I ask God to, to help me in my prayer time and I meditate on his truth and on his works and his word, while I'm praying, I begin to to do this slow, this, and maybe this will help you, okay? It's, it's really just kind of a five-minute exercise. So I kind of I settle myself, I settle my mind, I have my to-do list because if something pops into my mind that wants to distract me, I write it down and I go back to it later. But I begin to focus and I say, God, give me a name. By the power of your Holy Spirit, give me somebody I can pray for today. And I take a deep breath, and God will give me a name, and I begin to pray for that person. And once I'm done praying for that person, then I think about their spouse, and I lift up their spouse in prayer. 
And then I lift up their family in prayer, and I'm focused in on what, what's going on in their life. And then when I get done with that, I say, okay, God, I need another name. And I just keep going. And God begins to help train my mind to stay focused on what he wants to do. And so those of us that are ADHD prayers, and we go from one thing to the next, and all of a sudden we've had five good seconds with God, we can train ourselves to be more intimate and passionate in our prayer life as we meditate on his word. Amen? So I want you to think back to last week. Last week we talked about what stronghold is holding you back. What stronghold is holding you back? We have to identify where we have our wires crossed in our mind so that we can see where that's messed up and we can make the change. We've got to hold captive every thought that we have that are creating strongholds against us and holding us captive. Things like, you know what, I'm never going to get out of debt, so I'm going to go buy those shoes anyway. I don't care. I'm never going to lose the weight, so I'm going to go have the donuts and the pizza. It's fine. You know, my family has set me up for failure. There's no way I can be a success. And we have these strongholds in our life that continue to hold us down, that continue to keep us down. And we have these pathways that we've created that we like to walk. But once the stronghold is identified, we need to take it captive and make it obedient. And so again, like last week, we need to find the truth that demolishes that stronghold. We need to realize that our identity is in Christ alone. Our identity is, is in not in what I have or, or what I want or what I buy or the things that I have or the things that I do, but our identity is in Christ alone. By God's power, I can change and I can overcome a family history or I can overcome that addiction that I've been dealing with. It doesn't need to be a stronghold in my life anymore. I can identify the truth of God's word and I can meditate on it. I can hold it captive. We can hold captive the idea that our God is for us. He's not against us, amen? My God is with me and he is all that I need. So here's how we're going to train ourselves today. Very simply, we need to write it down. Last week we talked about defining it. We need to write it. We need to think about it. We need to confess it, and we need to believe it. So I want you to say this with me. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. Let's do it together. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. Do it again. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. You see, if we have these negative thoughts, we need to write it down. We need to take it captive. If we're thinking these negative thoughts and it's, it's, it's um, distracting us from God's will for our life, then we need to confess it. David prayed, search me, O God, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything in me that is unpleasing to you. Write it, think it, confess it. And then this is the part that we miss sometimes. We've got to believe it. We've got to believe it. So many times we believe it up here, but it never makes it here. And we, we know it in our minds and we can read it on a, on a page in scripture even and we can, we can begin to think we're meditating on it. But if it never makes it to our heart, did we ever truly believe it? So we write it, we think it, we confess it, and we believe it. Maybe you're having thoughts of worry in your life. Write it down. If you think about worrying or what's causing you to worry, confess it. Give it to God. 
and then believe him for the answers. Because, because of Christ, we can claim that we cannot be anxious about anything and I can cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I can have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind. Maybe you have thoughts that you just don't know God's will for your life. What am I supposed to do with my life? Write it, think it, confess it, believe it, and realize that my life belongs to God and daily I will seek him and daily he will direct my steps. I know his voice and he leads me to his perfect will. That's the truth of God's word. That's where we train our thoughts and make them obedient. Maybe you're not confident in this. Maybe you're struggling with even listening to this message and realizing that we've got some work to do. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. That our confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. Because his spirit living within me, I can do everything he calls me to do. Amen? Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. In my own life, I have some of these insecurities that I continually deal with. And they, the enemy tries to come in and he tries to put these thoughts in my head that I'm not good enough, that I'm inadequate to do this, to do this job, to do this calling that God has put on my life that I'm not as good of a husband that I need to be, that I'm not a good as a good of a father as I need to be, that I'm not a good, as good of a leader and a shepherd for this church that I need to be. And the enemy begins to, to put these, these thoughts and these insecurities in my mind, and I continue to have to work to train my mind that those things are not true. And I need to take captive those thoughts, and I need to make them obedient to what Christ says to me. I must control my thoughts. I have to declare and meditate on these things daily. It's become a new part of my daily devotional time. And this is what the Lord has given me for some of my personal insecurities. First thing is this, Jesus is first in my life. And I exist to serve and glorify him. Maybe you need to hear that today as well. When it comes to my marriage, I'm declaring over my life, I love my wife, and I will lay down my life to serve her. When it comes to my children, my children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, and train, and empower them to do more for his kingdom than they can ever ask or imagine. I'm declaring over my life that I love people and I believe the best about others. I'm declaring and meditating on the truth that I am disciplined and Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires that I have or the negative thoughts that creep into my mind. I'm declaring and meditating over my life that I am growing closer to Jesus every single day. And because of Christ, my family is closer. My body is stronger, my faith is deeper, and my leadership is sharper. I'm declaring over my life that I am anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people that are far from God. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. <laughs> I'm declaring over my life, and maybe you need to hear this today too, the world will be different today 
and better today because I serve Jesus today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to remind you this morning that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. We need to write it, think it, confess it, and believe it. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive some declarations. If you are a believer in Christ, if you have trusted Him with your life, these declarations are for you. If you haven't trusted Him with your life, if, if you don't believe Jesus is your Savior and Lord and you haven't given Him your life, you still can. There's opportunity to do so. But I want to encourage you to receive these declarations this morning. You are strong and mighty. You have the power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. You demolish every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. You take every thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Amen? Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. You have been rescued by the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. You are empowered. You are chosen. You are called. You are the masterpiece of God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for you to do. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Your God is for you. Your God is with you and no weapon formed against you will prosper. <laughs> Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Have you received it? God, we come to you today. We receive your blessing. 
we receive your declaration that you have made over each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to train our minds, to capture the negative thought, to take hold of it, to write it down, to think it, to confess it if it's against your will, and to believe you for the good that you're going to do. Thank you for your blessing in our life. We love you and we trust you today to help us to train our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing this song with us?